0: You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. Now, let's turn to our next topic and guest of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're chatting with author and former police superintendent Alan Crother about his book, Probationary Inspector Diaries, 1982-1986. to 1986. And Alan wrote his book under the pen name, Elaine Allen. So, Alan, it's great to see you this morning. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Good to see you as well, yes. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, we are live this morning on Facebook also, so I'd love for our listeners to see you and hear our conversation there. Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio 3. Wow, what a book to unpack. Um, first of all, before we talk about the contents of it, of it what inspired you to write down your, to, to write this book?
1: Uh, well, I had a job where the general manager wanted me to do an article on a, a security event. I was in charge of a security at Asia World Expo a concert, so I did one concert, and I did it twelve to sixteen hundred words, and um, over the next space of three months, he had me do ten more articles, obviously different concerts which i would taken care of, and uh, the last one he wanted me to do a comparison between private and public security, and uh, up, to, up to then everything had been about 1,500 words, this was the six and a half thousand words. It's like a dissertation there. Yeah, we could write back down to about 3,000. So I had 3,000 words which I had available that hadn't been used, mainly on the police side because you wanted more private uh, reporting being done. And um, I decided, well, I could do an article for myself on LinkedIn. And I I grabbed about 10 different uh, episodes of my life over 30 years, wrote... A one liner, and then at the weekends, went with a one liner and, and changed it into three or four new words. So I, I did another six and a half thousand words and basically called it the good, the bad, and the ugly. Contact with officialdom in Hong Kong over 30 years. So having done that, I had about 10,000 words I could use for a book. So Kobe was on, and on Sunday in the afternoon, not wearing a mask was a pleasure doing filling out the one-liners I've written down during the week so uh, I did about two pages of notebook one-liners and obviously all over the place and that made up the book so uh, I I would say that the uh, coming up my comfort zone to do the article for my boss then led to the book and he mentioned he's actually mentioned with credits for doing that
0: before that had you been much of a writer
1: brief facts case papers etc yes
0: yeah now so tell us a little bit more about your book then probationary inspector diaries and you you narrowed it down to 1982
1: to 86 that's right um, in 1982 I was in Newcastle upon Tyne at the Polytechnic so I started the book having fin- on my final examination and basically kicked off for the next six months well, I went down to the Hong Kong police for interview I went to the RAF as well for interview and then, um, chose obviously, ended up cho- choosing the Hong Kong police. But I had some commitments I had to take care of, like the Great North Run, the Windermere Marathon, a trip You're to... You're quite
0: the runner, that's yeah,
1: right. Heidelberg, to see uh, an old girlfriend. And then uh, I fitted in an extra three weeks in India. So I arrived back into the UK, something like the 17th of December, and flying out on the 30th. So I had about 12 days to pack all my kit up and then get myself down to Gatwick to fly out to, to, to Hong Kong, which is where then the book takes off because I, I've described it as the most in-depth uh, cover of a probation inspector's t- first tour of duty, which is always three, three years, 36 months. And it's basically, it's defined to, to a large extent, nine months of training school, come out and do uniform branch or CID, or both, or do a, a special duty squad such as uh, gambling and, and, and drugs. And then go to the, the police tactical unit and then by that time you are more or less done your three years but you have to have passed exams as well during the time to come back
0: absolutely and some of the training was very intense i think i remember reading uh, a part of your book where you mentioned um people had to do 200 over 200 sit-ups and then you described how some people had you know blood stains in their shorts just yes. above
1: yes. their coccyx yes that, that's right that's yes so intense the we, ha- we had a fitness test uh, every every month or so at pts the police training school and it was five parts to it a shuttle run uh 17 chins there was a maximum you should do 55 press-ups Two hundred and fifty sit-ups. That's right, two
0: hundred and
1: fifty. Uh, and you had thin shorts on, and you were doing it on a wooden floor. Even though no there, was, mat. there was mats available, but you will not like, use them. So the maximum was two fifty. So by the time you finished that, like, you, you you actually were bleeding from your coccyx area, and then a two point four k run.
0: Yeah, um, Alan, take us back. So what were your first impressions of Hong Kong when you first arrived?
1: Okay, well, considering I've been backpacking in India and rushing around and getting all my things sorted out. I slept on the bench at Catwick Airport on the, uh, the 29th. I had a shower in the morning, got a suit on tie, and then um, um, went to cafe, business class check-in. And then there was about there was 12 of us who flew, flew out that day. So we arrived on the 31st, which was a Friday. it's, it's New Year's Eve. And uh, we got picked up at the airport. And we were travelling through Calendon City, as, it, as, it, as I know it now, with all the neon signs, all the busy streets. And we went past the New World Hotel, where one of the persons who had picked us up, the chief inspector, said, there are single inspector quarters in the New World Hotel. If you're lucky, you might get one. And then we got the car ferry from Jordan to uh, Central, and then into the police training school. And I remember on the actual uh, car ferry, I got out of the vehicle we were in, looking at the skyline, as you do, obviously, in Hong Kong, because it's such a feature. And um, I was asked, what do you think? I said, well, that's spectacular. But I thought it might be a bit warmer than it actually was. <laughs> and the guy just went, oh, it's just winter, so I expect it to be that's cold. Right.
0: you arrived in December, didn't yes, you? Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: so we, we get into the, the police training school. We do we fill some admin uh, paperwork in, banks, statements, everything, everything else, and uh, ID card stuff. And then in the afternoon... There was mess games, which was like a madhouse because basically there was beer runs, there were shuttle runs, going around the broom, spinning around and spin off into in, 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 uh, career into the walls and things, and that went on for about three hours, and then the senior squad rose took us out on the town, which was New Year's Eve, so having left on the thirtieth, not slept on the flight. All day Friday, we're heavy drinking Friday afternoon and in the evening. I got home at eight o'clock Saturday morning, and that was a long weekend.
0: There's there's a lot to be mentioned about the drinking. Let's take a quick song break, and we'll return mm. to more chat with um, Alan Crother this morning, uh, talking about his book Probationary Inspector Diaries, nineteen eighty two to nineteen eighty six. every time you go away.
1: The RTHK English News Service brings you the latest news throughout the day right here on your radio, our homepage, Facebook, and the RTHK News app. And now we're on Instagram. Up to date news, videos, feature stories and podcasts all at your fingertips. Search RTHK English News and follow us right now. Catching up with the very latest local and international news just got even easier. On your radio, our homepage, Facebook, the app and now Instagram. RTHK English News.
0: Good morning and welcome back to Brunch. We're continuing our conversation with Alan Crother, who wrote the book Probationary Inspector Diaries, 1982 to 86, and he wrote it under the pen name Elaine Allen. And um, in, sorry, I apologize, our Facebook Live went a bit rogue in the first one. It stopped, so we've started another Facebook Live, so do join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Now, earlier in the program, Alan, you were sharing a little bit more about the motivation behind writing uh, this book. You talked a little bit more about your first impressions of Hong Kong. Um, one part of the book that you talked about was also uh, your relationship with your dad, mm-hmm. um, w- which was a bit strained and y- you were very vulnerable in sort of uh, telling it. What was it like writing that part of your your life and sharing bits and pieces of that?
1: Well, It's something that happened and came my way and something I dealt with. My father is a very stern person, of author- authoritarian was quick to um, use the lash, and um, uh, we become separated a year before, in 1981, because he wouldn't go to my sister's daughter's christening, and um, I, I, I was adamant he should go. And obviously, uh, two males in the house uh, who had uh, different ideas was going to lead to some problems. So I moved out, and um, left it at that. I just left lost contact but when it came to my degree he insisted that he had to come otherwise my mother and my brother couldn't go
0: that's right he came to your graduation so
1: i made a compromise uh, for him to come yes yeah i didn't see him again for over 25 years
0: so i mean how did he feel about learning about your life and, and the gap in within those 25 years
1: well he's, he had been a royal marine commando he'd been a drill instructor so obviously um he, he understood what I was saying in, in describing what I was doing at that time and what I had done in terms of attachments to the police tactical unit headquarters, teaching right drill and uh, the emergency units. So he was quite uh, uh, pleased to hear what I had done. And obviously it was different from what he had done in the, in the military. Yeah. So um, he found it very interesting.
0: Um, and your book, one thing I found very interesting about your book is just how candid you are in some of the scenes. You describe some of the, the cases and, and some of the things that you've worked on. Um, one thing that you, you weren't sort of shy to write about was also uh, the, the drinking of, of some of the, the, the police officers. What was it like? Uh, you know, because... I I saw how intense the training was. What was it like to have, you know, that socialising time? What did it mean for some of the, the, the police officers, the expat ones? Well,
1: um, someone described it as being off the leash. <laughs> it's very raw and direct, yeah. and warts and all. But uh, the guys would go out and obviously, um, if you had a weekend to yourself after Saturday afternoon and finished... You could go out to whatever time you went out to Sunday morning when you got home. But um, uh, that's where friendships were made. And, uh, and you got
0: to know the people sort of off duty and yes, what they were, a, yeah. perhaps a different side. That's right. You yeah. he,
1: he got to know one of your colleagues, the <laughs> Steve James. He was a DJ at Rick's Cafe. That's right. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, played very good music. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure some, some of the listeners will recognise that, you know, um, of some of the people that you, you've written about in your book. Now, you know, but one thing is the discipline that, you know, these police officers have to have after, you know, going out and then, you know, how were they able to sort of switch back? Back into that mode of, of training and how do you sort of switch off?
1: Well, training was straightforward. You had to do it, basically. And there was strict discipline. Were they discipline. very strict? I mean, yes, discipline. You could get gated. So I was gated after nine months training. I had 12 weekends gated. So a third of the time gated. And I was given uh, duties to do over Easter holidays. And uh, you also got extra inspections in the evening. So I, I had several of those. I, I also got a written warning for dismissal. Uh, as did one of my friends, but he got a verbal one first. Not for failing exams, but not doing better as they thought we we, we could do.
0: Now, there are some big personalities that you write about uh, in your book. Mm. One of them is the emperor. Um, he was really strict uh, with you. and mm. so How did you sort of go about navigating which parts? I'm sure you had more dealings with him. Yes. Which parts to include, which parts to leave out. You even got in a fight with him.
1: Yes, well, that's right. I mean, basically, uh, the emperor, George Lekwatkin was in charge of the three-squad intake, and he was the, the director. So he had two of our chief inspectors working with him. And uh, I, 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 I seemed to rub him up the wrong way on my first day on arrival because I was about a minute late to go to the admin office to do admin. And then in that first hour, I've never heard my name mentioned so many times and it was by George, and he made me the prefect for that week, the first week, so you knew nothing what was going to happen. So you're the prefect, so you're guaranteed to make mistakes. So um, that was an interesting week. But George, um, as as I mentioned later on in the book, uh, he he would have people do things for him, like pass out the exam papers on one particular day on, on a stage exam. Um, he handed out the papers and normally we had 10 questions. When I got my paper, I had an eight. And I thought it was a bit odd, but he handed the papers out. So eight questions. And after the exam had finished, uh, I asked other people how they, how they, what answers they put down for questions. And they started mentioning question nine and question ten. Oh, wow. So,
0: and you didn't have that on no, yours.
1: So luckily, the, the the person in charge of the basic training wing, a guy called Paul Wooderson, the superintendent, was on site. I went to see him. and said, look, I had an exam paper, eight questions, not ten. Oh, I, I don't believe that, he said. But I, the, the papers are here, I'll check. And he found a, a paper with eight questions. And basically, he said, well, this is question nine, what's your answer? It's question ten, and saying, oh, yeah, five marks each. The past mark was five. So with my, my other marks, I passed that paper. But George, um, George, um, in our... Messed our uh, cocktail nights. I I I learned to fly under the radar, and I was chatting to the the chief drill, but the in charge of, of the firing range and things like that, a guy called Bill Fullerton, and uh, George uh, was had a few drinks, and at the end of the evening, I was chatting with my friends, and he came up to me, and at the police training school in those days, if a chief inspector came across to a group of One pick, got like bomb They're supposed to be quiet. Well, it's the end of the evening and a lot has been consumed. And he tapped me on the shoulder because I hadn't stopped talking and said, where were you born? And I said, I was born in England. He says, I know more about the UK than you do. And I said, really? Uh, I don't think so. He says, and also, if you go back, I've got friends who can arrest you. And I just answered immediately, because obviously I was a bit uh, under the weather with the, the booze. I've got friends in the UK who mince you. And unfortunately, at that time, there was talk about 1997 and been all over the South China Morning Post. And I reached into my breast pocket and said, see this? This is a British passport. Don't come knocking on my door in 1997. At which point, he grabbed me by the lapels and hurled me down through the mess until I stopped him and, put, and pushed him back. But um, it was seen by the commandant, it was seen by the deputy commandant. I hadn't touched him first. And even though the next morning he played psychological games about sorting my personal kit out with my uh, official issue kit, as though I was packing my room off up to, to fly back to UK, um, I later heard that the commandant... I'd given him a less than um, uh, glorying report when he when he left the police training school himself
0: there's a lot of different characters yes. that you've really come across yeah. how I mean how do you navigate that when you are working in the police when you come across people you don't get along with, when you get along with how how, how does it work because everybody has their own sort of powers
1: that's right <laughs> in, it's a, in play it, it, it becomes an experiment. And the experiment, how you judge the experiment is, how long can I work for this person? How, how, how can I move on? Uh, I've met two or three people like that. Um, but I, every, every 18 months or two years, you move on anyway. Yeah. So if, if you're near the end of, your, of your, your tenure in post, even better, if you're near the beginning, then you have to endure it and There's work around it There's
0: such an art in sort of dealing mm. with, with, with different people Now I know you brought along an excerpt of yes, the book uh, yes. to read to our listeners today, yes. Alan um, I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook if they can so they can uh, watch you read um, What have you got for our listeners today?
1: I've got a beat incident I went to when I was, I was 23 years old um, in my first year out, out of the police training school and it's a case of wounding at a Dai Pai Dong which is a cut food stall in Nanakok Upper Estate, and it goes as follows. Nearly all residents of public housing estates in Hong Kong in 1983 only had a fan to keep themselves cool at night. This meant it was hard to sleep, and many chose to sleep only a few hours because without air conditioning, which was expensive, they couldn't sleep longer. It would be fair to say that while waiting to go to sleep, many residents went on to have a night snack called Suye to pass the time. On one night shift at about zero 100 hours in the morning, Reports of the disturbance at the Dai Pai Dong at Nalakok Opera Estate came in thick and fast into the station report room. I immediately got into the patrol car, together with six other officers, and sped to the scene. The Motorola radio, which we communicated with, was going crazy with reports of weapons being used and people being chopped by meat cleavers. On arrival at the Dai Pai Dong, things were quiet apart from one overturned table and scattered stools and crockery. We asked a few people who had uh, what had happened, and they stated that the people involved in the fight had run towards Ontak Road and Onsin Road. We already headed off in that direction, and while progressing along the route, we found discarded flip-flops. And while uh, these have been hastily left behind by people fleeing, at the top of the hill we saw one young male in what we thought was a red T-shirt. When we approached him, we noticed that he wasn't wearing a red T-shirt, but it was covered in blood that covered the whole of his naked upper torso. From reaching his location it became obvious that he had been the slowest person escaping and had been chopped several times with three or four chop wounds on his head that had split the skin down to the bone the peeled back scalp looked like a thick elastic band held tightly while calling for the ambulance he said that he and six of his friends went to the pai dong and beat another group of about 10 people to a table and as a result the other group were far from happy and upon leaving they said they and would be... We've like, got to just break for the yes. news
0: now. Let's return to this after the news. All right, we're back on Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer. And this morning we're chatting with Alan Crother, who is an author and a former police superintendent. And he wrote a book called Probationary Inspector Diaries, 1982-86. to And he wrote it under the pen name Elaine Allen. Before the news break, um, Alan, you were reading an excerpt So tough to hear that on on air. It really is some tough stuff that um, some of the police officers that you've had to Mm -hmm. come across uh, some of the case. Now um, we cut you off because it was the news. Remind our listeners how can we find out more about the book? Uh, I I see it's on Amazon. How can we find out more?
1: It's actually on Amazon. It's in Kindle or paperback, uh, made to order, um, and it's also in bookazine, in Hong Kong bookshops as. They've sold quite a few. They got eight copies on, on 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 at hand at the moment. Yes,
0: so grab them fast. And remind our listeners: how can they find out more about you and your work? Have you got social media?
1: I've got LinkedIn. Um, a LinkedIn for the pen name Elaine Allen, and I've got my own LinkedIn for Alan Crowther, so they can they can obviously contact me that way.
0: Excellent. Well, Alan, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed talking to you and I look forward to the next book and having you back next time. Thank Thank you you very much. much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.